for your information is brought to you by The Brave Little Toaster Goes to Mars on Disney Home Video, May 19th, 1998. Ladies and gentlemen, live from coast to coast, we proudly present For Your Infilmation with Zach and John. Let's murderize them! Welcome to For Your Inflammation, a podcast about good movies, better cocktails, and best friends. We're your hosts, Zach. And I am John. Um, who? What a movie. What a movie. Uh, this week is going to be quite interesting. This is our first fan-requested episode. For better or worse, we are doing the film Three Ninjas Kick Back. And that is... Numeral three, not spelled out. T H R E E. This is numeral three because it's 1994. Yeah, uh, there are three of them, and it is the third movie in the series, right? It is the third film in the series. Um, technically, it is second released. Um, oh, but all right. It, it it's one of those. It's one of those. We'll get there. We'll get there. Tagline for the podcast. Uh, for your information, we'll get there probably. Right. Yeah, uh, so this request comes to us from a uh, longtime friend of the show, Brandon. Uh, he's actually on deployment with the United States Navy currently. So uh, thank you for all that you're doing, Brandon. I know things are pretty tough in the world, and especially for you guys, I imagine, uh, you know, if you're paying attention to the news lately. Yeah, thank you, Brandon, and I hope this uh, I hope this brings a smile to your face. Um, we're going to shit on a childhood favorite of yours, but um, please don't take it as any disrespect. Uh, thank you for all you do. And uh, to anyone else listening, we who is in the military of any branch, we appreciate you. All right. Well, now that we're uh, we're done slapping backs, uh, <laughs> let's let's dig into this movie. Uh, the first time we've done a kids movie. Yeah, th- and uh, it, this is definitely a kids movie. Th- this this movie is tailor made for children, but I'm not entirely sure it entertained any children either. Um. Before we get into the nitty gritty of all of this and like talk about how we felt about the movie, I kind of wanted to talk about um, reviewing children's movies uh, because I feel like you should look at them a little differently than you would like Casablanca. Because like obviously, Three Ninjas Strike Back is no fucking Casablanca. Yeah, uh, wasn't made to be, wasn't received as such. Uh, I think there's even a difference between a family movie and a kids movie. Like, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit could be considered a family-oriented movie. Three Ninjas is a kids movie. It is a movie that is targeted for a child audience only. Right, and as such, I don't, I would not review it the same way. Like, this was not tailor-made for a family audience, so for children and adults, it was not made for adults. It was definitely never made for a cynical 26-year-old and his alcoholic best friend to review. This was never, ever, ever intended. (laughs) Right. But here we are, and we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it, because fuck it, that's what you guys want. Um, Yeah, we got a commitment to our fan base. Remember this. Remember. Remember when we're all over TMZ for, you know, doing something fucked up. Like, you guys are our ride or dies. You, you, gotta, mm-hmm. you gotta stick up for us. Right. <laughs> anyway, that'll never happen. Promise. Um, okay, so, now that we got that out of the way. Three Ninjas Strike Back, John. Uh, 
both of us escaped this plague when we were children. Um, how, how, how did you feel about it as an adult? <laughs> All right, well, first up, you said strike back and not kick back. I think strike back is uh, very intense, like a Star Wars kind of thing, but kick back, like, right. it could mean that they're, like, relaxing, or it keep, could mean that they are legitimately kicking. And in this case, I think they are legitimately kicking, but they are also kind of on vacation for most of the movie. They are um, on vacation slash saving their grandpa slash, um, g- like, getting girls. I don't, I, I really don't. This movie goes to so many weird places. Yeah, yeah. So, I didn't see this. You didn't see this. Uh, apparently, a lot of people we know seen this. This actually got a lot of response from people on the Facebook page when we announced that we were doing it. Yeah, and I'm, I'm happy that people saw this. Well, I don't know if I'm happy. I, like, it, th- this is such a strange movie. Like, this is the kind of thing that, like, I feel like you would end up watching in an after-school program of some sort. Like, if your parents picked you up from, like, a Taekwondo studio or a daycare or from the school in some sort of after-school program, I feel like this is the kind of thing you would watch. Because I I don't remember, like, you know, Cartoon Network or Nickelodeon or Disney Channel ever playing this, even though I do feel like this is definitely very um, late 90s Cartoon Network, like, you know shtick like i feel like this would have fit right at home there i do too uh this is definitely like a straight to home video kind of thing it's it well i i say that it feels like that now looking back on it but at the time it was just a kids movie i guess and it, you're right it's totally a daycare movie or a um a lock-in movie for like your youth right. programs or like a uh, like a summer camp movie for when they don't have anything planned for this afternoon so they're just going to sit you for the TV and let you watch a movie while everybody goes outside and smokes a bong. Right. And th- that's exactly what this is tailor made for. It it I think it takes such broad strokes at entertainment so that like it's like it's going to catch somebody at some point like there's going to be something that everyone will enjoy in this mm-hmm. even though I found nothing. <laughs> Yeah. I, I, I was, put, it was, I gotta be completely honest with you guys, it was like pulling teeth trying to watch this thing. It, yeah. it's, it's just so egregious, and I did not want to buy a physical copy of this, so I had to rent it, and I was so upset that I spent $5 on this movie. Yeah, I remember uh, looking at the screen and being like, am I really about to spend this much money on a rental for this movie? Like, it, it cannot be that good. It cannot be worth that much. Rocky costs 99 cents to rent. Right. There's such a rental disparity. Like, I get it. Like, some things are less available. And, like, this might be the only way you can watch this. But come on. $5 for three Ninja Strike Back. Like, I'm... I might have, I might as well have bought the digital copy because the digital copy, I believe, is eight dollars. I, you would almost buy a copy rather than rent it. I mean, I, you're a collector, okay, I get it, but uh, you would buy it. I would, to be honest, I would have rather have not spent any money or went my whole life without knowing what this film, what this franchise was about. Now that being said, I haven't seen any of the other ones. Um, apparently, the first one is better, but I will have no way of knowing because I I refuse to spend any more money on this. Yeah, the only way this movie is getting watched again is if I have actual children that I am charged with taking care of, and they just demand it. If they will not shut up unless I put a Three Ninjas movie on, it's not coming up. I I think the best way to do that is just to 
use a parental blocker on your internet and just block you know all the normal things and then like that one weirdly specific thing you block is anything related to three ninjas okay yeah makes sense to me uh man internet blockers that that takes me way back dude yeah <laughs> net nanny uh, do you remember the like the public school internet blocker yeah remember when you would like even try and go on like google it would go yeah, it was like a Star Wars laser light show. Like, I just blew some shit up on an Atari game, and it was just like, do 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 like, flashing on the screen with a total disregard for any child with epilepsy. <laughs> I think it was so that it would alert the media specialist that you're trying to get on something weird. But half the I... time, it's like, I'm not even trying to get on anything weird. Right, I tried to use Wikipedia for cursory information. <laughs> right, like, I was trying to just... I guess because you can look up boobs on Wikipedia, you can't search that at school. I mean, you could just look up boobs on anything you wanted to. Just do, like, B00B13S, you know? Right. I'm I'm sure they, they have found all the workarounds by this point. You could just, like, type a pair of boobs on a Word document with hyphens and dollar signs. Like, if you were that desperate and horny and 13, like, come on. Like, kids are inventive. They'll do it. And they really don't want to do work in the computer lab. Oh, man. It, it, it was always fun when we would find, like, uh, do you remember in middle school we would, like, find the workarounds to get to, like, oh, yeah. games and stuff? Oh, that was so fun. And then when they would block it, like, someone else would find another workaround. And yeah, we would just yeah, keep doing it. The hyperlink rabbit trail that goes all the way through the internet that you can use to get to your desired website. Yeah, and like you you go to the website through another website that the school didn't block. And because it doesn't block anything on that website, it's not blocking the hyperlink for some reason. I don't know why that ever worked. Um, I'm not a hacker, but for a short amount of time in middle school... I was definitely a uh, hacker in training. Right, yeah. I, I just, I, I appreciate that. 2007 was a fun time. Oh, God, was it that long ago? Fuck, I don't want to think about yeah, that. dude. <laughs> anyway, speaking of things I don't want to think about, um, what, 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 what scenes stuck out to you in this thing? Like, was there anything oh, that made you feel a certain type of way? Was there anything that made you happy? Was there anything, was there any joy that came out of this film for you? Uh, not especially, really. Uh, I think the characters are all very overdone in the same way that, like, uh, like a C-spot run is overdone. You know, there's just, like, too much shit going on. Uh, like, I don't really understand how the grandpa is the only one in the family that is Asian. Uh, I guess I... if he just adopted a white child and then that white child married another white person and had three white children. Like, yeah. that's cool, I guess. I, I, I... I think I knew that going in, so I, I already suspected of disbelieved all of that. Yeah. But uh, what I don't understand is, like, they never truly explained where the grandpa lives. No, like, he this... lives in, like, a like a, like a a paper-walled, like, hut in the middle of the woods in, like, Nebraska or wherever the hell they live. No, they live but... in California. They go, yeah, because they go to LAX. They live in California. But then when, when they go in the house, like, it's a normal house. And it looks distressingly similar to the the three boys house so i was like is this just did they just reuse the same set or does the grandpa live like in a shack outside of the house but it is very near the house like i, I don't understand uh it's a very flammable in-law suite 
So that way, if you gotta get rid of them quick, you can get rid of them fucking quick. Uh, <laughs> that wasn't the angle I was going, but yeah, sure, wh- why not? Hey man, don't make shit flammable if you don't need it. <laughs> oh, okay, so to answer your first question, uh, no, there weren't really any scenes that stuck out to me. Um, I guess, like, the ninja fight scenes are fight scenes. There's a bunch of them. Are they? Uh, are, they are they fight scenes? It just kind of seems like they had the kids jump somewhere near the edge of the camera <laughs> with, with no discernible like anything look, like look, it's a kid's movie the kids have active imaginations that's why they can uh they, they can make stuff like that work that's why you can make like a wooden rocking horse and they'll be entertained for hours it's great i just i could not fathom what was going on <laughs> just like is is this a fight like what's going on are they just jumping around are we gonna like zoom out on the camera and like they're gonna just be you know kicking in the air and stuff nowhere near the bad guys and then the bad guys are gonna look at each other and then look at them and then like crack their knuckles and then actually beat the shit out of them because that's what i wanted to happen i'm sure you did i'm sure you did what what about you did you have any favorite or least favorite scenes i have a least favorite character and i have a least favorite scene lay it Um, on me i want to know my least favorite character in this whole thing is goddamn Tum Tum. Tum Tum is my least. For for those of you that have not um caught on, Tum Tum is the youngest of the three ninja brothers. Are they ninjas? Yeah. Not really, but you know, well, it, it's it's neither it here nor there. To be a ninja, they say it several times in the movie, and I just, I just ignored it. <laughs> uh, it's a heart. It's a. Uh... A rainforest kid, it's a water kid, it's uh, Captain Planet, and it's um, Oscar <laughs> the Grouch. Those, those are the things you need to make a ninja. Oh, okay. Um, so, <laughs> I'm assuming Oscar the Grouch is for the hiding skills. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, sure. That's it. Back, back to Tum Tum. I okay. wanted to pick this kid up by his legs and just smash him against the wall until he's fucking dead. Like, I hated this kid so much. I, I really don't agree with his violence toward children, but he is, I guess... He is a you're... fictional character. I can do whatever <laughs> I want to him. But the reason you want to kill him is not because of the way that he is fictionally. It's the way that the actor was in real life. Right. Right. Fuck him. <laughs> I, I I cannot condone this. We, we need to move on from this section. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll lay off the tub-tub violence for now. I can't promise that it won't come back later. But... Tub-tub violence sounds like what happens after you eat like one of those Taco Bell 12 packs after a night of drinking. Have you ever eaten a Taco Bell 12 pack by yourself? Uh, I, no. I haven't. <laughs> I was gonna say, I, I think the universe would stop you. I, I don't think uh, you should be allowed to do that. I know people that have done it. <laughs> And they, the people <laughs> that have done it will surprise you. Yeah, it's it's always going to be someone who's very fit. It just needed a lot of meat cheaply, very quickly. Anyway, least favorite scene in the whole movie has to go to in the baseball scene where that kid eats a can of beans and we proceed to have the same fart joke presented to us for three and a half fucking minutes. I counted three and a half fucking minutes of the same goddamn fart joke okay again it's a kid's first off what kids just eating beans straight out of a can right even beans from even stevens doesn't do that right 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 and here's here's my biggest issue with it is like this is where my suspension of disbelief cannot be like quelched 
is that a this kid that means this kid's digestive system is so bad that he eats a can of beans and it goes right through him and no adult because all the adults are aware that this kid does this and they have seen him do it time and time again and none of them have stopped and have been like hey man that's pretty rough what you're doing and you know i saw you eat that can of beans and then immediately you're you know passing gas that just destroys an entire baseball field somehow like are your parents not taking you to a doctor like you need to see a doctor like how is no parent like stopped that kid Shame hey. on all of these parents. They are all horrible parents. Baseball may or may not actually teach you real sportsmanship. But if there's one thing that I know for sure about baseball, is that the Geneva Conventions do not apply. Chemical and biological warfare are 100% allowed, and they're taking full advantage of that. I guess I just... See, that was even a better fart joke than the three and a half minutes of the shit that we got. Like, why did I watch this kid run all the bases? Just... Like, literally for a minute. I I think that it would have just been way funnier just on... when He, he puts his foot on third base and just takes a shit. <laughs> just just, just pulls his pants down just fucking starts taking a shit. Oh, no. Not at all. It, it just happens in his pants. And he just keeps going. <laughs> I can't. So I can't. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry for everything. Like, that would have been way funnier. It would have been like, what the fuck? <laughs> Apparently this takes place in Tromaville. Okay. <laughs> if it did, though. Troma, please remake the Three Ninjas franchise. <laughs> please, for the love of God. Oh, God. Okay. I can't talk about this anymore without a drink. John, did you make me a cocktail this week so that I can drown my fucking sorrows and just finally kill that last brain cell that i have just so that i don't have to feel anything anymore all right yeah i absolutely did so uh this cocktail is called the triple b cocktail and it's got three ingredients it's got bourbon it's got bacon and it's got boston baked beans and that's all you're gonna do you're gonna mix the three together in the can and then you're gonna eat it with a spoon and uh that's the cocktail don't like that um do you have it's anything great else when you're playing baseball it's like a, it's like the, um, it's like a mint julep at the Kentucky Derby, except it's like a ratty baseball field in Nebraska. Is it just, is is this what the doctor prescribes when you haven't shit in two months? Yeah, this is also a favorite cocktail of, um, uh, Primus. Primus, I that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, it's got bourbon and pork in it. Uh, those are the two things you got to know about Primus is that they really love pork and they probably like bourbon. Not to be confused with Pork and Beads by Weezer. No, totally different band. Not at all like this. Okay, so I did actually make a cocktail for this. I'm sorry. I had to pull the beans out for a little while longer. I just had to like milk it for all its sweet bean nectar. And just like the movie. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, okay, so... Uh, and since it's a kids movie, I didn't really feel right just making an alcoholic beverage. I had to make uh, a bit of a foray into the non-alcoholic, at least for part of this. So I thought that I would talk for a little bit about the Shirley Temple. The Shirley Temple. Yes. So the Shirley Temple is a mocktail. So it's a cocktail that doesn't actually contain any alcohol in it, but it uses ingredients that would commonly be found in a real cocktails. So in this case, uh, it's got 7-Up, ginger beer, grenadine, maraschino cherry, 
And uh, some people put lime in it, some people don't. I really don't see how you can drink it without lime in it, but we'll, we'll get there. So if you wanted to make one for yourself, which I'd be surprised if you hadn't had one already, you would take a highball glass and fill it with crushed ice. For my taste, I like it like snow cone consistency, like really pulverized. Oh, yeah. And... Yeah, then you're going to pour in about 5 ounces of 7-Up, 2 ounces of ginger beer, a tablespoon of grenadine, just a dash of maraschino cherry syrup, and uh, then you're going to add the cherry on top, and I personally like to add about half an ounce of lime juice, which is about the juice that you'll get out of half of a lime. Okay, now are, are you like juicing it or just squeezing it? Uh, you could do both. It's more efficient to juice it, but if you don't have any proper juicing equipment, you can always just squeeze them in there. It'll just take a little bit longer. You just make sure you wash your hands or something. I don't know. Now, are you gonna zest it? Are you, are you gonna are you gonna like you know, take a cheese grater and get like the um some of the like hide off of it? Well, considering how this is a mocktail for children, uh, I really don't think they would appreciate having that in there because it, it it really does not taste spectacular to kids. You know, they they're really not into like lime peels. You know, they're not like hogs. Right. <laughs> they don't they don't just eat whatever you put there. <laughs> I'll I'll eat I'll drink whatever you put in front of me, John. It's usually good. I am glad. I'm glad. So, uh that being said, uh it is a mocktail and a mocktail can be retrofitted into a cocktail. So that's what I did. So if you wanted to make a Shirley Temple that has alcohol in it. Now, when you say alcoholic Shirley Temple, do you mean a Shirley Temple with alcohol in it or are you just talking? about Shirley Temple. Don't do this. Don't, don't make this about... Like, she's not in this movie. She had nothing to do with it. I'm not even she sure if she was been. an alcoholic at any point in her life. Oh, come on. Let's be, let's okay. be real May, here. Might have been. <laughs> oh, let her family come for me. Let them. I... Uh, why have you done this? So... <laughs> They're gonna come at me with all of that uh, Shirley Temple Little Darling Classic DVD collection money. Please stop. <laughs> do not do this. Do not do this. Animal oh okay. crackers, I'll sue you. <laughs> uh, I'm so done with this. I I don't okay. even want to give the real cocktail recipe anymore. <laughs> okay. okay. G -g -give, give me your silly little alcohol drink, John. Tell me about okay. it. Okay. <laughs> you would simply add to the regular recipe like an ounce of light rum, a half ounce of 151, and a half ounce of Cointreau. For my taste, I would never put this much alcohol in a beverage without putting a lime in it because you're really going to have an unbalanced sweet flavor. And in a mocktail, that's not as big of a problem as it is with an actual cocktail. So I would even recommend upping the lime juice maybe to an ounce just to balance out the sweetness that you're going to get from the rum and the Cointreau. Mm -hmm. Or triple sec. You don't have to use Cointreau. We've been over this before. It, it you can mix them either. You could do either, or, or you could do both. Can you do both, John? Uh, you, if you did a 50-50 mix of Quantro and Triple Sec, I would slap you. Like, I I would just come straight through where whatever it is you're in front of and slap you. You're just wasting Quantro at that point. <laughs> well, it's kind of like, you know, if you, if you do half regular Coke and half Diet Coke, it, like, it meets in the middle somewhere, right? Not at all. That's like going to a steakhouse <laughs> and being like, hey, I really don't want to buy the 14-ounce steak. So just give me, like, the 8-ounce steak, and I'll put a McDouble patty on it. And that's, like, kind of the same thing, right? <laughs> well, no, it's just a McDouble patty on a steak, and now I have a steak with a McDouble patty on it, and nobody asked for this. Like, to just give me the steak or don't. No, no one wins in that situation. Like, it's no longer cheap, and it's also no longer good. So the two benefits cancel each other out, and you're just left with something that is passively alcoholic, but has no benefit. Oh, okay. 
Well, this is usually where Frank Synopsis would uh, show himself, but um, we're still not sure if he ever got out of Toontown Jail. Um, John, have you heard from him? I haven't heard anything from him. Uh, he might have tried to send letters. I basically just hooked my mailbox up to my trash can because I really just don't want him to contact me at this point. <laughs> so, so I guess for this week, maybe we can just do the synopsis. Unless... Somehow, Frank showed up in the next five seconds. I'll count it down. Five, four, three, two. It's me. I'm here. Frank Synopsis. You thought holy that I wasn't going to make it, but I... Oh, holy shit is right, my friend. I ate a whole bunch of Heinz beans on the way over. Oh, okay. I guess that is how that works. <laughs> so, so it is. Well, Frank, I'm uh, more than a little surprised to see be with you here in the studio. Uh, how did you get out of Toontown Jail? Ah, uh, the same way anybody else gets out of Toontown Jail. You just, uh, get a rubber hacksaw and a little mallet, and you just, uh, chisel, chisel, chisel your way out of the jail cell. Uh, this is on a record, isn't it? Like, this is being recorded? Uh, this is being recorded and will be, um, edited and broadcasted to whoever the fuck will listen. I got <laughs> bailed out. Oh, you got bailed out. Okay. So you did get our money. Yeah. Alright, uh, by the way, that is an advance, and, um... We we will give you money where you need it, but just so you know, it will be added on to what you already owe us. I can't come in to make the payments if I don't have bus fare. Fair enough. All right. Well, make sure you get your bus fare. So, Frank, uh, from wherever you've been hiding, did, were you able to watch Three Ninjas kick back? I was. Uh, it was, uh, it's an interesting movie. I love watching kids' movies, although I gotta say, uh, I have a little legal trouble in the past keeps me from getting within 50 feet of kids it's not what you think it just has a lot to do with heinz beans oh okay so have you just um murderized the child with your um bowels <laughs> i don't like that angle but yeah of course that's basically what happened their gas is a okay. horrible weapon and also a curse <laughs> good lord I feel bad for your 173-year-old digestive system, Frank. Anyway. I feel bad for my 173-year-old eyes. I watched this through a telescope. <laughs> I don't even want to know. I don't even want to know. You were probably looking into my house. Please tell me when you do that. Anyway, <laughs> tell us about Three Ninjas Kickback, Frank. Okay, let's get right into it. There's trouble afoot on Main Street, USA. And bigger trouble in Japan. Betty White was a smoking 75 years old, but unavailable to be Grandpa's love interest. Mori Shintaro, a ninja master, is training his three baseball-loving grandsons, Colt, Rocky, and Tum Tum, in his ancient arts. An old rival seeks to steal Mori's prized dagger, which is also one of the keys to a legendary room of gold near their hometown in Japan. Mori enlists his grandson's help, and they find friendship, adventure, and tons of snacks in their quest to return the dagger to the ninja grandmaster. Beautiful. Very succinct. Uh, you definitely were able to somehow piece together this total shit dick of a movie thank you frank uh see the producer for your bus fare awesome uh, can i go buy craft services you guys have heinz beans uh we will exclusively not be having heinz beans anymore i don't think we'll ever get this smell out of here um please do not let the door hit you on your way out frank and we're very happy to have you back glad to be back see you later see ya Alrighty, john are you ready it, it, it smells like death in here eat yeah, Frank ate a bunch of Heinz beans. Um, apparently, that is how that works, by the way. Apparently, uh, you you can just have such a bad digestive system that uh, beans go right through you. You know, kids love fart jokes. Kids do love fart jokes, um, and I don't. 
Shrek is a rough watch for me. We already talked about this. Shrek 2 is clearly the best movie, and there's a lot of reasons to watch it even as an adult. Right, 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 right. There are just a lot of fart jokes in Shrek. I'm sure, yes. Mainly Shrek 2, 3, and 4. I don't think I've seen 4, actually. That's not this movie. (laughs) Right, and we're not even counting, like, the Shrek 5D ride from Universal. Right, right, right. That was included as a bonus feature on the Shrek 2 DVD. Why do I know that? These are the things that happen when you become a cinephile. You know things that you shouldn't fucking know and that don't goddamn matter. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm appalled at the information I retain for no reason. But I that don't is remember. literally just the premise of this podcast. Is that you have information and I need information. Right. And I'm about to give you a whole bunch of information about a movie you don't want any information about. Um, so, Three Ninjas Kickback was directed by a man named Charles T. Canganis. Nice. I, I hope I said that right. I don't care. <laughs> Um, It was was written by a man named Sangok Shin, who is a famous South Korean writer and director. So he wrote and directed a lot of kung fu movies in the South Korea area, and then he wrote this. But it was also written by Mark Saltzman, who also wrote The Adventures of Milo and Otis, and also was a writer on Sesame Street for a brief time in the 1980s. And goddamn, does that make too much sense? I guess so. Like, what are the qualifications to write for Sesame Street? Like, is it a similar repertoire that you have to be, like, an NPR broadcaster? Or do they literally just take anybody that knows how to write? I mean, I think that there's a lot of things in Sesame Street that take a lot of nuance. Because you're trying to get big pictures across to children. So, actually, I would say that Sesame Street writers probably are pretty good writers. Huh. Okay, so, like, Michael Bay wouldn't be, like, subtle enough to get this stuff across to children? No, because you have to present, like, Sesame Street often, like, post big things to kids, but, like, on a scale in which they can understand it, much like Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers kind of, like, wrote the script on this. Alright, I I see where you're coming from. Not what happened here. No, 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 this is not educational in any way, shape, or form. Um, this movie stars Victor Wong as Mori Shintaro. He was also it. He was also in a film called Big Trouble in Little China, and actually won some praise for his role in The Last Emperor. He received no praise for this film. Shocker! Shocker! Um, Max Elliot Slade as Colt. Uh, he was also in Parenthood and Apollo Thirteen. And uh, it gets... And then this movie. <laughs> what, what, what a life. And then this movie. What a life. Uh, Sean Fox as Rocky. J. Evan Bonifant as Tum Tum, uh, who would later have a small role on Wizards of Waverly Place. Didn't watch that either. Right. Um, Saab Shimano as Koga. He was in... He's been in countless uh, animated pr- projects, uh, including Avatar and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And uh, Dustin Wynn as Glam, who whose other big role, other than this movie, was in 21 Jump Street. Okay, so there's quite a spectrum here. Yeah, there are people who went on to have, you know, successful careers after or before this film. And then there are the children who did nothing after this. Yeah, I was kind of wondering about that, because, like, it's... I'm not going to say that I didn't expect anybody to go anywhere after doing this, but, like, you kind of don't have to as a kid. Like, you don't have to be a child star. Like, you don't have to be a Macaulay Culkin. 
to have right. fun in movies as a kid. You don't you don't have to have longevity. And I, I mean, I don't really mean... I, I'm not trying to be mean when I say that. It's just like, this is uh, their filmography, is this film. <laughs> right. It, this does not have to be a career for you when you're doing it as a child. Like, there, there is no, no expectation other than that that your parents put on you because they're probably slowly ruining your childhood by making you do this. Yeah, I'm sure their parents spent the $5,000 they made on this movie. I'm sure they did. <laughs> um, this movie was released on May 6, 1994, so right as kids were getting out of school. Um, the box office return for this movie was $11,798,854 against a budget of $20 million. That's a really specific box office number. Uh, normally, they don't get that specific with them. Right. I don't know why it was so specific for this one, but I was like, oof, they were a couple dollars off from uh, at least meeting the budget. Right, of course. Uh, you know what? Home video sales can only do so much. They thought that this one would have done well because the first movie, like, made $29 million at the box office against a budget of $2.9 million. How do you fuck that up? How do you go from being able to... You take a premise, you take a movie idea... And you flip it for like 10 times its value, like its budget, right? And then you do another film, you up the budget by a ton, and then you fuck it all away. Yeah, like, they should have known, like, okay, the key to doing this series is going to be only slightly increasing the budget. So, they should have probably went from $2.9 million to, like, maybe, like, $4 million. So, like, yes, you can have some bigger set pieces... But we're still going to keep this very, very, very low. Right. Because there was we don't know what formula. to expect. Right. So that's that's kind of the legacy of this movie. It it pretty much broke the franchise temporarily. <laughs> um, let's get into why. There, there's a lot of very interesting things. Um, I know normally I kind of break this down from like, you know, conception to, you know, pre-production to production. There was none of that information out there, so this is all just weird shit about this movie. Again, Let's get shocker. Into it. Yeah. So, as I mentioned before, this film is actually the second film released in the four-film franchise, but, chronically, is the third film in the series. This is... Could you imagine if they did this with any other series? Like, could you imagine Harry Potter, where it's like, the first movie, and then Goblet of Fire, and then what, Chamber what's the Chamber of Secrets. One? Yeah, yeah, the Chamber of Secrets. Like, can you imagine that? I can't imagine that, and they, they would never do that. This is this seems to be like a 80s and 90s problem, because properties would just switch studios for no reason. And that's what happened with this one. So... These movie, this movie is going to be kind of hard to talk about without talking about the other films in the franchise. So, this one was shot after Three Ninjas and Three Ninjas Knuckle Up. So, Three Ninjas Knuckle Up is the third released, but second chronically. And Three Ninjas and Three Ninjas Knuckle Up were filmed back to back. However, there were legal issues for the series because, because they switched from Touchstone Pictures to TriStar Pictures... Like, right in the middle of before they were going to release Three Ninjas Knuckle Up. So, because I'm assuming, and I couldn't find this out for sure, but I'm just going to take a wild guess here. TriStar probably offered them more money in a budget. However, I think that they required them to put it out a little faster. So I think Knuckle Up was not ready for release. 
So they decided to quickly turn around and make the third film in the franchise and release that. And then once they bought the rights back from Trice, from uh, Touchstone, then they'll release Knuckle Up. That is what I'm guessing happened here. I have nothing to back that up. I, it makes about as much sense as anything else could. Uh, so Touchstone is associated with Disney and TriStar is associated with Columbia. And it makes sense that a movie like this would exist on these labels, I guess. Because, like, mm-hmm. TriStar. Columbia makes a bunch of movies, and TriStar gets stuff like Starship Troopers. And then, like, Touchstone. So, like, everything else Disney-related is a big Disney label, and Touchstone is, like, Roger Rabbit. You know, like, right. it's, like, all that weird stuff. So, it makes sense that it exists in this space, I guess. But, like, between the two, I really couldn't imagine Touchstone letting something like this go. Like, uh, do you think that there was, like, a reason other than just money for that or is it just hey tristar's got more money it had to be money that or touchstone was just like we're gonna call this a fluke and that's it you're more than welcome to shop this around because disney's also pretty good about that like they want their cut of whatever they had something in but if they tell a if they tell the producers and the director to shop the thing around to try and get money from somebody else they're usually pretty good about that so that also might have been what happened here but i'm assuming because there was such a giant budget leap and with the context clues that i saw that is the conclusion that i've come to is that all right it makes total sense to me i i see no problem here how could it go wrong it it just went so wrong um the if you've watched this movie uh, through an adult's eyes, you can tell that this film was rushed. Because it, it just makes no fucking sense. Uh, right off the bat, um, Grandpa's name is changed from Mori Tanaka, which it is in every other Three Ninjas film, to Mori Shimitaro for this film for no reason and is never corrected or referenced in any of the other films in the franchise why why did shintaro work better than tanaka what what was there's no good reason so you already had a movie where you named this character you can't just change his last name i truly cannot imagine circumstances where they're like ah the kids won't notice it's fine i mean i didn't notice because i only watched this movie and it's the same writer. Shame. It is, Shame it is, on you. It is the same writer. How, how do you do that? I... No. Don't, no. Don't... Just call him the... I'm done. Just, just call him Grandpa. That. If you can't keep track of his actual name, just call him Grandpa. Have the everyone relation in the movie is call more him important than his actual name. Why not just go with Grandpa? Yeah, just... Any person in the movie, if they're interacting with them, just call him Grandpa. It's cute. Other movies do it. If you're too lazy to remember the character's name, that's fine. <laughs> but don't do this. I need to not talk about this anymore. This is going to piss me off a lot. Okay. So, for this movie, um, the two of the main characters, so two of the three brothers, are actually different actors than are in Three Ninjas Original and Three Ninjas Knuckle Up. Um, Max Elliott Slade was the only brother to return to this film. Okay, so do you think this was for personal reasons, or do you think this was also a licensing issue between TriStar and Touchstone? This was for personal reasons. Um, the kid that played Tum Tum in the original was busy doing some sort of um, television movie thing to come back for this one, and the one that played, um, oh, what's the other kid's name? It's Tom Tom, Cole, oh, and Rocky. Rocky. The kid that played Rocky just had quit acting. Just flat out. <laughs> right. So uh, it, it, he 
went to the proverbial baseball team and quit the proverbial ninja training. Correct. Like, he he just quit it off. No baseball, no ninja. That's another thing. Like, they just refer to the, the martial art thing in the movie. They just refer to it as ninja. And I don't know if it's racist or not. <laughs> I... Ninja is a real thing. That that's true. But I don't think that it's just this universal. It's almost like in Europe, like there are knights. Like it's a knight. Okay, cool. Well, like that can mean a lot of different things. So like it's it's a similar thing where it's like okay, yeah, that's a ninja. But like that's not specific enough. That's like a really general term. So to just call it ninja, I I I don't think you can just do that. I don't think you can, and it it throws me off every time they say it. It throws me off the same way that people that say like uh, that put s's on the end of like store names. So like the Krogers or the oh, Walmarts right. or Joanne's fabric when it just says Joanne on the building. I didn't know that until I was grown up enough to have to go to Joanne fabric by myself. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to Joanne's. Fa-. That says Joanne is every adult in my life. An idiot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a bad day when you wake up and realize that like, Oh my God, everyone. I, every adult I knew is stupid fuck <laughs> right or like uh when everyone just calls it kleenex and you're like no it's a tissue like there, there's a word for this thing it's called a tissue it's not called a kleenex right just like band-aid it's an adhesive bandage yes anyway beside the point um in other news of things that just for whatever fucking reason this happened um in international versions of the film colt's name was changed to mustang but ah. Also, in international versions of the film, the name of the rival baseball team was also the Mustangs. So, when they re-released this on video internationally, they had to change Mustangs' name back to Colt. Because, just to avoid confusion between the rival football, rival baseball team and the character. Okay, this is another one of those things, like with Grandpa's last name, like, how did you bungle this so bad? Like, did nobody think for, like, one second, like, all right, so in Italian, that's the same word. So we just have to call him something else. They're just like, nah, it's cool, just call everything Mustang. Like, it's cool. But the kids won't know. They won't realize. Right, right, right. It's just, like, who cares? Like, in international versions of other movies, like, let's take, um, just because this is the first thing that comes to my head, The Lion King, for example, in every single version Every single language of the Lion King, the character's name is Pumbaa. That never changes. So, like, uh, hypothetically, if uh, Pumbaa was Greek for, like, hairy asshole, like, that would be pretty funny. That is the only instance where they change it. (laughs) So, do you think this was one of those problems? Or... (laughs) I don't... I I think... I think it's mainly that Colt is just such an Americanized name that I just think that people will be like, what the fuck's that kid's name? I don't know. Whenever there's like international like versions of movies that come here, they don't usually change the names of the characters. No, I this feel is like, like a that's whole... rude as shit. Yeah, I have this whole shtick against this where I have a problem with people like uh, saying things in an accent that reflects the native language of the thing itself. So like, if you're just a regular dude chilling out in wherever the heck America, and you're like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go get some tacos from the taqueria. Uh, Okay, Uh, sure. Do you speak Spanish? No, just say taqueria. Just say tacos. You You don't have to do that. Like, if a French person comes to the state of Alabama, 
on vacation and they go home, they're like, Oh yes, I had this wonderful thing they have there. It's called <clears throat> sweet tea. It is very good. Like nobody else does that. No, no one does that. Nobody gives a fuck. Right, like, you don't have to say it in the native tongue, because it's not your native tongue. So stop doing that. If you're that guy, don't be that guy. Right, and with this, I could almost understand, because cult is a horse term. Like, there, there is a, like, a juvenile horse that's called a cult, and a Mustang is also, like, a type of horse, or, like, a class of horse. So right, like, right, right. If that was the problem, so, like, if... Uh, again, in Italian, if there isn't a word that distinguishes between Colt and Mustang and it doesn't have the same effect, I could almost understand that. What I don't understand is just leaving it the same word. <laughs> right. <laughs> just, I can't imagine that they ca- they can't differentiate the two things. Like, I feel like that's very condescending. Or just call him Colt. Just leave it as Colt, even if that isn't an existing word in another language. Who cares? Or, or just name him what he really is. Just name him... The other brother, because he's the least interesting character in the whole movie. So the fact that there was so much problems with him, he's just the most boring character in the whole thing, and I feel so bad for him. I just, uh, do the same thing they do with the Ninja Turtles. People identify them by the color of their bandanas anyway, so like, you can just call him like the purple Ninja Turtle. You don't have to know his name's Donatello. Right. You, you And the red one is Raphael. That's the only one I ever remember. Because right, Raphael was always my favorite. Ah, uh, of course he was. <laughs> I don't know what that means, sir. Take it back. Anyway. <laughs> um, another fun thing is the, uh, what is a ninja speech is said three fucking times in this movie. Even though it was only said once in the first movie. I, yeah, sure. Uh, what, what is it? Um, heart, uh, kidney, uh, pancreas. Wind, uh, brains. fire. Yeah, earth, wind, and fire. Uh, the 21st night of September. Those are the things you need to be a ninja. I believe it. Honestly, I believe that. More of a Motown ninja. I think Motown ninjas need those things. Um, <laughs> And the weird thing is that Colt is always the one who sets spirit within the what is a ninja speech um everyone else like it like kind of switches around but colt always says spirit i don't know why maybe that's the only one he can remember sure why not i, I just there's no reason for anything else at, the, at least they called him colt at, at least, least they went back and fixed that true facts anyway um this film's original title was going to be three ninjas go to japan okay it's a little uh derivative i guess it's, of it's a little matter. on the nose yeah, okay. Which, and also, <laughs> might I add, do they go to Japan or do they go to Asia? Because that's what it feels like. Like, um, yeah. let's talk about this. Like, is this Japan? Like, I don't know. Because, and it's, this is another fact, so just while we're here, every single foreign language song in this movie, even though they are in Japan, is a Korean song. So, it is Korean music against the Japanese background, and I don't know if I could think of anything that might be more offensive. I'm sure if we got, like, experts to digest what's going on in this film, they'd probably be like, oh yeah, that thing they're doing there, that's a Chinese, like, the the water mats thing, okay, yeah, that's Chinese, that's not supposed to be here, Uh, that thing over there, uh, that belongs in uh, Thailand, that's not a real thing in Japan. There's probably a bunch of that going on, but it's Hollywood, and it's kids, and kids love racist shit. Apparently, apparently 90 children love racist shit, and I don't know why. Yeah, dude, just uh, just watch a few what? Disney movies, man. They, kids eat that shit up. Hush. Um, <laughs> we, do you want to get sued? Hush. Um, Wait, now, now we're going to talk about this? Not after we talk about <laughs> Shirley Temple's alleged alcoholism? 
hush, I don't want to get sued. Um, Disney will actually sue us. Um, and also, like, the whole bowing thing throughout the whole movie, like, it's just so exaggerated, and it, it's not really done that way in Japan. Like, it's it's almost like a head nod here in America. Like, you know, like the white guy head nod. Right. Like, like you pass another dude on the street, and you just nod at him. Like, how you doing? Like, it's a silent way to say how you doing. That's more what it is. It's a very subtle bow. It's not, like, full force, like trying to throw your body onto the ground like it is in this movie like it, it was it was extremely offensive yeah they do it over and over and over and over again like one of those bobbing chicken things in the cup yeah and i just uh they they fucked this up bad they fucked this up really bad um speaking of things that got fucked up really bad um a number of high-level defectors from the democratic people's republic of north korea has stated that Three Ninjas Kick Back was a childhood favorite film of Kim Jong-un, now Supreme Chancellor of the DPRNK. He was apparently so taken with the film that his father, Kim Jong-il, reportedly commissioned a remake of the film with Korean actors. Okay, I think this will be more true to spec, you know, because I think they're at least honest about the fact that they have to pick like an asian culture right they can't just like cherry pick all the ones they want and throw them into like an asian soup who knows <laughs> maybe they commissioned some chinese music for this i don't know it's north korea i guess they like chinese stuff there that's like the only people in the world that like them a little right. bit in the 90s i guess right 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 it i just and the worst thing is is that we'll never know i want to see it honestly i want to see what a North Korean remake of this film would be. I wonder if it's better. God, oh, I hope dude, it's speaking better. Speaking of, uh, Zach, do you want to get our podcast banned in China real quick? Uh, sure. Uh, Tiananmen Square Massacre Tank Man. All right, yeah, now we're banned in China. Oh, cool. Um, great. Now, now we're now we're with everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that's all it takes. It is literally all it takes. All right, well, um, welcome to uh, For Your Information Under Fire. Yeah, of course. Uh, we're in a pitched battle with Chinese censors, and uh, we're going to win one of these days. We're going to become. We're going to let the people know that we're here for them. We're bringing them the freshest information from the oldest movies, and uh, they're going to love it. Even though they might not be able to access the movies, they can <laughs> listen to our podcast. They definitely cannot access the movies. Yeah, um, just like in the Soviet Union, how they would, like, press records onto, like, those uh, X-ray things, and, like, they have those collectible X-ray vinyls. They're gonna do that with episodes of our podcast. I, 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 if someone knows how to press things onto vinyl, please press episodes of this onto vinyl. You can sell box sets of it to retirement homes if you wish. I don't care. I don't need a penny from it. I just want to know that it exists, and you send me one. Yeah, but on the second one, you have to change my last name because you'll know my last name then when we publish it and then just for the rest of the episodes just change it back to the original one just willy-nilly change the last names right because who cares right continuity doesn't matter no it oh, definitely didn't matter to these guys definitely did not so there's some of the you know makings of of this movie um there's definitely not going to be any um of this film being put into the national registry but let's talk about the quote-unquote legacy of this film. 
Um, All right. There, this is the actually the only film in the franchise to receive a um, video game adaptation, and it came out for the Super Nintendo, the Sega Genesis, and the fabled Sega CD on June first, nineteen ninety four. The game got better reviews than the film. <laughs> you know that it's bad when on the sixteen bit consoles, like the game is better than the movie. Like that's a rare thing to have happen, and it is always a train wreck. It's it always it like um oh god what was it um oh th- there was a game like that when we were kids and uh, was it Spider Man with the the Toby uh, Maguire version? No, Spider Man Two was a great game. Um yeah exactly, but the movie wasn't all that. Spider Man Two, Spider Man Two was a great movie. What? Uh, it was all right, but Spider-Man, the game was way more entertaining. N- that is fair. However, um, no, there was a kids' movie that had a better game. Um, oh, Open Season. Ah, okay. Open Season had a way better video game than the movie ever was. <laughs> I just, I'm really glad they don't make movie video games very much anymore. No, they they stopped making money. Um, licensed video games have like kind of gone to the wayside because people know they're garbage. So now they just put them out on mobile, which is a garbage platform. <laughs> um, <laughs> all you hardcore mobile gamers out there, you know, just just put down your like way too expensive iPad and just <laughs> listen to the episode. Just pay attention. You know, you don't if have you... to play Clash of Clans <laughs> or Shade or sh- what is it? Shade Raid Rattle. Shadow Legends. <laughs> Raid Shadow Legends. <laughs> Shadow oh, Rage Legends. <laughs> what if we get an embedded advertisement from Rage Shadow Legends? Dude, they'll sponsor anything. I bet we could probably get it. Um, Honestly, Project for Season 2 is going to be get sponsored by Rage Shadow Legends. This is Season 2. Exactly. By the end of this season, we need to have that sponsorship. <laughs> if anyone wants to sponsor us, we don't care what it is. Um, yeah, we, we already accepted an endorsement from Brave Little Toaster Goes to Mars. Exactly. We we will hawk your dumb shit on this podcast. We do not care. Give us that sweet, sweet money. Um, Frank Synopsis appreciates you. We have to pay Frank. You have to give us money. Um, okay, so to wrap this all up, uh, this series has a very strange home video release history. And I actually had to do some uh, internet dumpster diving to find some of this. I'm interested. Um, you had me at internet dumpster diving. Yeah, I literally to the depths of eBay and Amazon third-party sellers. Like I found some in, I found some shit. All right. So all of the films were released on VHS and DVD. However, they are rare. Um a box set, there's never like a box set of all four films released, but a three-pack was released of the of the later three films in the franchise. And uh the cheapest thing I found, you can buy it on eBay for $88. I so, just don't, like, who? Who is this for? <laughs> it's a disparity <laughs> problem. The... It's, a, uh, it's, it's just gonna... there's not a lot of them. Is it a collector's item? Like, what? No. No, it is just literally like, I am making you pay $88 for this because you're never going to find one of these in a store. Like, it's not going to happen. You're never going to find this again. You might get lucky if you find it at a yard sale. But if, like, the nostalgia for this film just, like, consumes you and you need it, I I, I guess maybe you would pay $88. Like, I can't think of anything that I've spent that much on that was aftermarket. That was, like, aftermarket. Like, um, Bone Daddy Sleeveless Shirt. Hey, that was our secret. And now I want to end my friendship with you. Please don't tell people Damn about it. my Bone Daddy <laughs> Sleeveless T-shirt. 
and it's two sizes okay. too small and i and i go up to my fiance and i'm like i'm a bad bone daddy and that's how that works <laughs> never speak again I, I don't want to hear it never speak again i'm a big bad bone daddy <laughs> anyway um so for a DVD copy of Three Ninjas Strike Back, you can head over to Amazon and grab your very own for $53.39. I would say the better deal, if you're going to go this route, would be get, would to be get the three-pack for 88 on eBay. If you still have a VHS player, which, come on, you got to know someone who has a VHS player, you can pick up your own copy of Three Ninjas Kickback for $24.99. I think at that point, you're better off just going to a thrift shop and buying a VHS player and watching Three Ninjas Strike Back. Or Kick Back. Whatever. Yeah. It's like, you can get the title VHS matter. for 25 Yeah. No. <laughs> 25 bucks for the VHS. $5 shipping and handling. $10 for the VHS player. You're still $13.39 less than the DVD. That, you know what? That is also fair. Um, and th this is also what I found for all of the movies. Like, you would have had a way easier time finding this on VHS than on DVD. Like, I, I just think the DVD was probably a very limited run. As a matter of fact, I don't remember seeing this anywhere as a kid. Which leads me to believe, like, was this like a Hollywood video thing? It must have been. I don't know. I, I don't remember this movie at all. If I did see it, it made such a small impression that I had absolutely no interest Dude, like, because we were a blockbuster family, so anytime there's, like, a movie when I was a kid that I didn't see and that I have no recollection of, I'm just like, that had to have been a Hollywood video movie. God, what, I know we've talked at length about movie rentals on this podcast, but, like, dude, Hollywood video. Do you remember? Holy shit. I remember, for whatever reason, Gex was an exclusive game to Hollywood video. Oh, my God, Gex. <laughs> do, do you remember Gex? I remember that it existed. I never played it. Is that the one with, like, that, like, uh, he's, like, a newt or whatever? Some he's, kind of like, lizard? a newt or a salamander, and he's a spy, and there's always, like, a hot chick on the cover. I don't know what Gex is. I just remember, <laughs> for whatever reason, like, that one of the two times I went to a Hollywood video, it was, like, Red Gex exclusively at Hollywood Video. It's, like, Earthworm Jim, but he's green. I don't know. He works for Geico now? I, t I guess, yeah. That... <laughs> Is that, like, the the uh, mascot equivalent of, like, being a porn star and then going to be star in, like, normal movies? Like, you, you're in, like, an egregious video game mascot, and then you go on to be, like, a company's mascot? Oh, I see. Okay, so you're talking about, like, a Mia Khalifa situation here? Yes. Okay, yeah, I, I think Gex is an apt comparison to Mia Khalifa, yeah. <laughs> okay, I just wanted to make sure that I had that correct. Yeah, of um, course, yeah totally legit now the only film that would not be cheaper in this franchise to buy on vhs than it would be dvd would be the first film and you could still pick that up for a cool 4.99 on amazon that's all the ninja you need you only need the first one i haven't seen it but i'm gonna go ahead and just give it a blind recommend all right i'm, I'm down with this if it's anything like this one that's a downside right and i, I i'm just i'm just going to blindly say watch that one instead of this one if you have to watch this one um and then of course like like how me and john watched this um this film all of the films have been released digitally sometime in the late 2000s beautiful um and the only other piece of information i can find that i thought was interesting 
is in Sacramento, California every April. The three main characters from the first film in the series screen the first film in the series like as some sort of weird festival for people who love the first three ninjas film okay is this like a cult following then like did they have that can that exist for a children's movie i have no fucking idea i don't know if this is like a paid event i don't know if it's like a community thing like, it might be just, like, a community thing. Like, just that community, that's where they all still live, and they just enjoy watching the movie with other people. I don't know. I guess. This is, ranks up there with that one live stream that Shia LaBeouf did where he just watches all of his movies and invites people to, like, pass through the theater while he's doing it. That was beautiful. I loved that. <laughs> yeah, it's like that, but a, a little less self-serving, I think. I, I, they're truly just screening a movie they were in as a kid. This is actually more common than I realized, and uh, even I know someone who has a family member who was in, like, a TV series, and they have reunions every couple of years. They actually recently had one, like, a month or two ago? Right, right. And, like, I guess it's the same way, like, um, when I still lived in Atlanta, I would get together with people that I had been in previous shows with, like, uh, as far as theater goes. So it, it there is a bond that, you, that is formed there. There's in-jokes that are formed there. And you can only really ever talk about that shit with the people that were there. Right. So it's almost like going through something traumatic together. And then, like, only being able to talk to talk about that traumatic event with people that were also at that traumatic event. Right. So you're basically just describing, like, a Veterans of Foreign Wars hall. But for something way more benign and meaningless. Correct. Yeah, so this is just like a gritty VFW get-together, where there's a lot of beer and a lot of tears. Right, and they just think about what could have been. Right, and... it's a lot like that, but instead it's Tum Tum. Oh, God. <sighs> this movie makes my Tum Tum hurt. I and... you don't, don't refer to that as your Tum Tum, please. <laughs> my Tum Tum hurt. Anyway, um, I think that's going to be a good enough place to leave this. Um, We hope you guys enjoyed our first fan requested episode uh if there's ever anything else you want us to watch and shit on or something that you think we might enjoy please send it our way uh this was actually a lot of fun uh maybe send me something that i can actually find some information on that would be great but um anyway thank you again for the suggestion and uh well let's do it again next time uh for for your information uh i'm zach and i'm john watch a new movie this week guys just not this one bye